Hey everyone, welcome back to the second podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in for the second day in a row. Hopefully this is the second part of our four-part series discussing the questions on the handout that Joe gave out this weekend. We are, yeah, we're just going to jump right into it. This is your uh, host, AP. The other host is actually here this time, Joe. Thank you very much for joining me. Sounds like we actually have Emma Kanabi here also. Hi. What's going on? We're just throwing people on the podcast, man. What's up? Yeah, that's uh, that's what we're talking about. Uh, slightly exciting announcement real quick. Um, I just received confirmation today that I'm going to have a special guest on this podcast soon. Um, it's not going to be part of the series, but we are going to be discussing the uh, inerrancy of Scripture and the authority of Scripture. Um, I don't want to give away who it is yet, but I am so excited to have this guy on. He's going to be such a cool guy. But anyways. Is it God? Is it well, God himself? Uh, that would be pretty amazing if it was God. Um, he's kind of exclusive, though. I don't have his yeah. Skype address yet. Yeah, yeah, he's he keeps it under wraps. I don't, I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. do all have that direct link to God, but like, just that whole PR thing. Yeah, you know, Moses is like, bro, I don't know if I can let him on your podcast and stuff. That's it. Yeah. Hey, man. Well, I'm pretty excited about that. That's gonna be cool. I'm excited to find out who that is. Yeah, I. I sent you that email. Did you, uh, well, do you not? Yeah, know? but I'm trying to play like play along here. Oh, okay, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone should be excited. Very intelligent human being. I'm really excited to talk about him. Anyways, so speaking of intelligent part- human beings, Emma's on the podcast. Today. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. So we doing what are you into? Yes, Joe. You oh. know what? Ladies first, Emma. What are you into? Are we talking like movies, literature, music, that sort of thing? Whatever you enjoy, whatever you find fun. Oh boy, oh boy! Right now, I'm mostly into like getting a satisfying night's sleep. Yeah, good <laughs> luck with that. I've been tr- I've been working out for 33 years. I haven't got there yet. Said <laughs> like a true college student. I'm yeah. so so worn out. It's fine. Yeah, and then like just I don't know. I I'm into staying focused. Is that good? Yeah. I'm not fun anymore. Like college has taken all of my fun out of me. No. Nah, so yeah, that's that's fun. Be, being focused and achieving goals in life that is fun. Yeah, yeah. Being being crusty and boring is, is what I'm into right now. Awesome. <laughs> but awesome. I will say, I will say, although that might be true at the moment, over the summer, Emma told a story with in my van with a with a van full of people that. Dude, I I can't tell you how I've not laughed that hard in so long. The awesome. way that Emma the way that Emma tells stories is so so good. Like I wish I I I aim to be like her someday cuz it's I learned cuz it's it literally it's one of like it's like my highlight of the summer. Was that literally after we all went to a wedding and then on our way back we stopped at Meyer cuz I needed to get me some ice cream. And Emma on the way told this story to all of us and it was like eight people in our van and we were dying laughing. Awesome. Anyway, if maybe, maybe, probably never will she will she tell the story to you. But too bad. Too bad. Too bad. Um anyway, so what am I into? Um I am into getting my tires fixed on my car and ap helped me do that oh Literally, joe I, what, what was going on with that i didn't do anything i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> well yeah so yeah i had a allen wrench in one of my tires in my car and then that was decided for me to i never saw that it. before yeah then we decided to take that guy off so we had to literally 
I'm not sure the tires have ever been rotated. Let's just say that. And we had to like hammer them off of the axle. And now, then... now not only were these things hammered off, um, just give everyone a visual. Uh, Joe literally had three two by fours nailed together, and they were what, probably six feet long. And you started beating on your car with this. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe four or five feet long. But yeah, yeah. It's quite respectable because we literally did this in the warehouse. Tires wouldn't come off. So anyway, I am back on the road, and um, who knows? I mean, maybe if you reach out to us and let me know, I'll send you a nine-second video of me pounding the tires on my car with a two-by-four. Did you put that on Instagram? Because you probably should. Um, It's not on the Insta, but it could be. It should be. I'd be really happy if you did that. It's hilarious. Just throwing it out there. Just a little bit. Little stuff, you know. But anyway, what are you into, A.B.? Uh, I'm, I'm, same thing as yesterday. I'm into getting my new floor installed oh, yeah. in the I first floor pictures, of my man. house. That looks good. Thank you. I really that do appreciate good. that. So, um, I, as if, you as guys, I was, if anybody out there needs somebody to put a floor in, just call AP. Yeah. Um, they're paying me if they do that. Cause it's a lot of hard work. Um, so uh, as, as I was, uh, as I was showing Joe, I actually reset up my, um, little office area for the third time in my house. I actually really like where it is now. To my right is my kitchen. I have all the kitchen done. Right in front of me is like the walk-in little dinette area. That's like 95% done, and I'm working into the living room, and so the living room itself is probably a quarter done. So I'm like two-thirds done, thank God. But uh, as I explained on yesterday's podcast, I do need to make sure to get it done by Saturday because my brother's dropping his dog off because he's trying to sell his house and he doesn't want the dog there during showings and stuff, obviously. So that's what I'm into, trying to get it done. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Thank God. Nicely done. Yeah. Proud of you. Thank you. Man. Thank you. I, I, really, uh, I really do appreciate it. No problem. Uh, I, so I rotate tires. Same. I fix yeah, up houses. Do. I mean, what don't I do? My sometimes goodness. in the same day. Yeah, that actually that's true. I did your we I rotated your tires and then went home and started doing this. And for the record, um, that, that was actually kind of fun having uh your son and uh, what was it the the Vales boy there? Yeah, Jonathan. Um, mm-hmm. that was cool because I was actually teaching them oh, how no, to rotate Ethan. the tires Ethan. and stuff. What? Yeah, it was Ethan. Ethan was doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It that was cool. I mean. They're pretty young, but, you know, they really absorbed it, and they definitely enjoyed it. So that, that was pretty cool. I, I like the fact that they were there. Actually, all the kids out there, you can learn something from an actual person. You don't have to just Google it and YouTube it. Whoa. You actually can learn it from an actual person. Whoa. It's like trade schools are a good idea or something. Yeah. Man. You you hear so that? we're talking it's about okay the second to to question, right? Yes. Second, second question, so, which was, what do you want me to do for you? Yes, exactly. Now, to begin this off, uh, we are going to read Mark 10, 46 through 52. And like Joe said, we're going to jump into the question, what do you want me to do for you? So I got that pulled up here. Um, Mark 10, 46 to 52. This is the blind Bartimaeus receives his sight. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, Cheer up. 
on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. There you have it, folks. Mark 46 or 52. Mark 10, 46 or 52. Yes. Yes, exactly. So the question is, what do you want me to do for you? Now, um, I'm assuming that the question there is, it, we are posing the question to God, right? That's how I took it. Or I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my bad. God is posing the question to us, right? Based on how Jesus yes. is interacting with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so... Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the premise of the message was like, okay, let's look at these questions and then let's apply them to ourselves. Eh, just a little interesting approach. I, I don't know. It was interesting, or at least at the moment that I thought to do it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to even like go first. I want, I'm going to go first. Okay. Um, you had said that you were, you've been thinking about it. Of that, maybe about this topic or some something around this for a little bit. So, yeah. So I've been having a very like introspective. I hate to use the word season because it's such a churchy word, but like it's been such a time of Got, introspection. Gotta unchurch it. I, we and, know how Joe loves to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been I've been having a lot of time with myself and how I interpret my own faith, right? Especially because I am a constant skeptic, but I'm also going into ministry. So like reconciling that and being like, everybody's a skeptic. Everybody has doubts, but like, I, I don't want to say like, I just feel it more because that's not true, but like reconciling that with myself. Right. So I feel like this question and the first question kind of walk very, very closely with one another, but yes with with this this is one of my favorite like jesus things that happens in mark every time jesus does a miracle in mark um it's kind of like a secret also which is like wild to me that he doesn't want it to be known right but my favorite thing about this i think is that jesus walks up to a man who is very clearly disabled. <laughs> right. This man is disabled, right? And he walks and up to him. Knows everybody knows it. And he walks up to him and says, what do you want? Yeah. It's the same thing as God in the Garden of Eden saying, where are you? Right. He knows. Yeah. So I think... Well, not only is he like omniscient and knows, but he also knows because everybody else knows that's not omniscient. Yeah. Like it's... It's that obvious. It's so obvious. So I think that, like, for me, with this, it's been a hurdle of getting over my own pride and intelligence and pulling back and be like, what is so obviously wrong with me <laughs> That's good. that I, I need God to step in, right? Because I get so caught up in a cycle of, like, yeah. where is my faith at? What am I doing wrong? How can I fix these things? without being like, wait a minute, what is like something that's innately broken in me that I need to ask Jesus to fix for me? Almost too obvious. Too obvious, right? And like, I, I've been getting so hung up on that. Mm. So like, it, it's pulling back. For me, I honestly think it's, 
it's been a, a rough time recently, the more I've been thinking about it. God does this thing with me like every semester where he gives me a very specific challenge that I need to work through. Um, it's It's been like some form of patience recently where people will just will get at me. <laughs> but it'll be like trusting and pulling back and like learning to like approach people with an attitude of kindness, especially when they have like different fundamental beliefs than I do. Um, and it, for me, it's like right now, I think developing a softness toward people, especially in the Christian community, because that's where I'm finding more conflict than in a non-biblical, non-Christian, non-faith-based community, right? So since I am a ministry student, I'm getting inundate, inundated with so much theology, so much hard theology to the point where I'm seeing like fights break out in classes. Um, and we're that doesn't arguing sound healthy. <laughs> we're arguing about things like predestination, Jesus's substance. So like how God was Jesus, how man was Jesus, the level of Jesus's omniscience, getting hung up on all these semantics and fighting about them when there's literally nothing about them that can be proven. And we're all getting stuck on proving how smart we are in these classes. I mean, like, I, oh, I've read all of Augustine, which you have not. No one has. <laughs> and, like, you, even even he, like, backtracked on himself constantly. That man was a mess. Anyway, um, like, not relying on what you can empirically study. I hate that, but I think that's what I need God to do for me, right? Because... I find so much comfort in what I know all the time. Um, it's a safe place for me, right? Because I, I love I love facts so much because, you know, facts don't change. And I've lived my whole life in a, a place of constant change. So, like, there's facts that are good. Um, and, like, I can know so much about God, but then there's a point where, like, it transitions from knowing to experiencing. And where do I go from like intellectually experiencing a spiritual thing being like ah yes this is worship people are worshiping god is here and because god is here we're going to do these actions in my robotic rolodex of feeling leads to reactions that i have in my head and like just letting go you know i can't know what is inherently wrong i don't think like Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus knew he was blind, yeah. right? Like, but he, like, Jesus still offered. Bartimaeus didn't have to say, heal me. That's part of my point. Yeah. Like, he could have said anything. He literally could have said, said anything. anything. It's like, literally, like, the genie in the bottle. God says, like, yeah. what do you want me to do? Yeah. I'll do... It's crazy, yeah. actually. Mm. And I, I don't know. It's just... It's, it's a very simple ask then, you know, it, when you take that all into perspective, like if you just look at that where he's like, make me better. But on, honestly, would you rather lose your hearing or lose your, your eyesight? Like for real? If you had to, if, either or. I, I feel like it would suck either way because like I know what both feel like, right? It's, it's different like when you talk to a person that's blind from birth or deaf from birth because they're like, I've never had that feeling before. Right. I kind of <laughs> feel like I wouldn't want to lose my eyesight. Mm. But then I'm like, oh my gosh, then I can't hear anything. But my point being, like, was it really, did he really have, obviously he didn't, but, mm -hmm. you know, you could have asked for anything, but it was going to be, he wanted to it see. It was going to be he, he wanted to see. Like, yeah. I could ask for anything. I want to see, man. Like, I want to see. Mm -hmm.
And we can see, like, time and time again in Scripture, too, like, all of these broken people flock to Jesus. Yeah. And then, like, but the, the rough thing for me is, like, there's never any closure. They just leave. <laughs> like, what happens? They've never, like, who, who takes care of them? Who educates them on, like, how to function? And that, okay, wait, I would be going somewhere with that. Hold on. <laughs> um, it, like, what, what do you do after you've been healed by Jesus? What do these people do? Right. What happens to me after I have Jesus, not like have Jesus fix my problems. Right. But like right. after what is broken in me gets healed, you get healthy, you get healed, you get whole. Yeah. Like after that, who do I go to? What do I do? Do I like, how do I re-enter society? Yeah. Like if I've been functioning for this long, which is like not that long in the grand scheme of things. Right. I'm still you. There's a wee lass. I am. Um, how do, how do I do that? How do I navigate that? That's, that's a whole new thing. There's no instructions that like, there's, there's extra canonical instructions, right? But there's nothing in text to be like, and then forsooth, they went forward and like, we don't know what happened to these people. They could have fallen back into sin. Um, someone could have like, they could have tripped, fallen, gouged both of their eyes out on accident and became blind again. We don't know. (laughs) That's crazy. Good, interesting to think about, though. Mm. Yes, yes. So uh, on the knowledge thing, like I, I've said this from the stage, but what's interesting about like wanting to have facts and knowledge, like I've been saying, like knowledge, we we seek knowledge so we can have control. Yeah, that felt like a like I felt like you were just like, <laughs> yeah, like me. yeah, yeah, like that. That's been that's been. I was adding you right there. Yeah, I know, because like I, I was like. Yeah, yeah. Well, and no, I mean, I wasn't, but I, I mean, that, but it, honestly, that's what, what it is. And something from today that I got, which was really good, is that so information is not knowledge, mm-hmm. and knowledge is not revelation. And I think what we think we need is we need more knowledge to control, but what we actually need is more revelation to let go. Whoa. Dude, that'll preach. That that's a whole message in and of itself. Because when we when when there is information that turns into knowledge, it comes through revelation, where it really it becomes knowledge that's useful, wisdom. It's, it becomes it becomes something other that is so good, and we're all there. Like we're I'm there. You know, I'm there going like, all right, I need to know more about this before I can take that step. Why? Because if I know more, then I can control where I'm stepping. And God's always like, I got you. And the big difference, too, like, at least for me, is information is sort of like a greedy thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, avarice is a big, big issue for me that's just, like, innately. So, like, I gather information to protect me. But wisdom is external. There's nothing internal about wisdom. Like, wisdom that is internal just becomes aloof and isolating and then you're just like up in a castle away from people but wisdom like living wisdom is external and even though it's very hard sometimes to share that it's something that becomes like alive you know yeah yeah well it's the actually it's kind of the funny thing that i was saying about you know learning to change a tire or rotate tires on youtube versus learning from a person and and um the other thing that kind of came through today was revelation comes from people and proximity to people. So I learn about 
a 69 Mustang from my uncle Phil and all the inner workings of it because I'm with him and he's showing me this and there's like, there's like, there's all kinds of ahas that are happening that would never have happened if I watched a YouTube video and had the guy just show me how to change oil in 10 minutes. So that's, what's kind of crazy is like, what you're saying is like, when you keep it to yourself, you actually are, I guess in a way, like limiting what God is able to use you for, because the revel, the only, like I, I've heard it said, like you, it may have been said before, but it hasn't been said by you. So your, your voice your presence, your proximity to people can bring revelation if you're willing to go there. I don't know. Come on. That's, that'll preach, but maybe not. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's exciting for me to think about that because I mean, you get up, like you, you've, you spoke tonight. We're at, we're at the, the student night at second place. We're sitting in um, one of the kids rooms and Emma spoke tonight. She did a great job. And she was talking about Genesis and Joseph and all that. But if you would have just played a video tonight, well, then we lose your voice. And, and by sharing that, I think that there's revelation that you're having and you're unpacking for people that or maybe just, yeah, you're un- unpacking for them so that they then can feel that because you're willing to give that away a little bit. Yeah, and that's like such a hard hurdle for me to get over anyway because I'm not a feeler. And it's not about you either, yeah. but yeah, you're not a feeler. Yeah, I'm not a feeler, so it's very hard for me to like be like time to be vulnerable, children, you know? That's such a yeah. weird barrier to break down. I'd much rather like interpret feeling through thought and then action, and I'm not a gut person at all. So it's just like a lot more comfortable for me to stay just like behind a wall of information and just be like, here are the facts now disseminate. But that's not going to work for people that are hungry for relationships. Like teenagers specifically Mm -hmm. are so hungry for like relational praxis instead of just like facts laid out in front of them that they get to pick apart and dissect. Mm -hmm. There needs to be someone next to them working with like the really tough things that we're putting them through too. Yeah. Do you want to like give just, um, two seconds on like what what we're currently doing the student group because you're kind of at the in the vortex of that with the kind of the student leadership team should i say what i do sure okay so of the four leaders i am the content coach so basically anything that the kids learn that is like knowledge based like outside of experience based i do So usually I'm the one writing the soul workout at the beginning and I write questions for the leaders. And you're kind of developing a team around all this. Yes. I work with a team of other coaches and also students. I have a student team that watches videos, asks questions, helps me think of things for soul workouts. They're really great. I, I value their minds so much. Um, And I also will write messages sometimes or help people that are speaking, if especially if they're a fellow coach. But (laughs) we decided it would be a great idea to write a curriculum from scratch that lasts three years and goes through the whole Bible. Um, We're using the Bible project as kind of a basis, but we're putting our interpretation through it. So this year's whole theme is... um, based upon setting in biblical narrative 
specifically Egypt, Egypt being a place where people go to repeatedly sin and make mistakes. Stupid decisions. Stupid decisions. Um, and God redeeming them, sometimes through chaos, but redemption coming from there. Um, eventually, Egypt itself is redeemed in the New Testament through Jesus and his family escaping there. And it's also prophesied in Joel that Egypt will ultimately be destroyed, um, which we might be getting to at some point. Very excited about that. But yeah, we're working through that. And um, not that you're excited about destruction of things, but yes, but, but, but like, but yes, but yes, but like prophecy coming to truth. Yeah. Big fan of that. Um, but one thing that's a challenge is like, there's such an urge to like cause what what we call in my field disequilibration right like that's it's a cool feeling it's a good feeling like when you learn something new that like totally contradicts something you've been holding for so long especially when it comes to faith it's a really cool feeling but it's very hard to leave people in that especially students because they're already constantly disequilibrated to begin with like just thrown off their brains aren't even fully developed but instead of just leaving them information that will mess them up, we invite them to live in a gray area. Um, Christianity, particularly Western Christianity, more specifically Christianity in the United States, operates very highly on like a binary, a black and white. Like it can either be one thing or the other and never exist in the middle. And we really open it up for this middle to be lived in and allow them to be comfortable with not having answers all the time. It's not a problem to solve. It is a tension to manage. Yeah. It's, it's a learning curve, I think, for all of us because all of the coaches, I think, did youth group in high school. We're students. We all kind of have a background of, like, what we think youth group should look like. Um, and it's hard to not provide answers or want to provide answers, but we constantly, constantly, constantly say it's okay to say you don't know things. Um, and through going through the whole Bible, we're trying to point back to Jesus all the time because there's evidence through the whole Bible. We, we literally just finished Genesis and it's February, <laughs> but, um, we're, we're, there's already examples everywhere of Jesus showing up and, or like being pre-typed, like I talked about today, which is so cool to me <laughs> because I'm a horrible nerd about that sort of thing. But, um, yeah. But then we're also like through that, my challenge to us has been like, we don't want just to be book smart. We just don't want them to be like, Oh yeah, I know all about Genesis and this is how it all breaks down and this is how it's structured and all that stuff. But it's more so like, how do we experience Jesus? How do we ex and have a revelation around how Genesis speaks to my life today and how I can live differently because of it. And so it's kind of like, in a way, one of the things that makes me think about the question, what do you want me to do for you? Is when you look at that, at, look at, at that in light of Genesis or much of the old Testament is it was always about what can the person, what can we as people do for God? Mm -hmm. Sacrifices and obedience and making sure that we're, you know, we're speaking to the rock, not striking the rock and, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden Jesus shows up and he's like, Hey, well, so what do you want me to do for you? Yeah. And it's like, he flips the script and you're like, Whoa, now that's not that like, even for us, like even for us living 2000 years after Jesus, we're still in that mode of like, what can we do? What can we do for God? 
like I need to do more because I believe then that's going to somehow earn his favor or earn good things in my life or whatever. Um, so I think it's just been, uh, yeah, it's been kind of a cool thing to be on that ride. We're only two months in. So AP, we kind of hijacked everything, man. I, I feel like, yeah. What do you, what's going through your head right now, man? That was a lot from her. Yeah. You know, good though. um, what's going through my head is, um, so obviously Jesus walks up to this man. And like Emma said, he asks the question, knowing what his answer is going to be. And uh, God is he, God has the right to test us. It, he's God. He made us. And I, I think a really important takeaway that I'm getting from it. Now, um, my answer to this question is to restore my hope in tomorrow. Because um, just with the way a lot of people are interpreting Scripture lately... Um, I, uh, like I was talking about yesterday, um, I'm just really discouraged, to be perfectly honest. And I think that a huge part of the question that Jesus asks, and the fact that, the fact that he asks that guy of all people. Jesus asks this question, and I think it's a test to see how willing are you to admit that you're broken? Are you going to let me look at the deepest, darkest, scariest parts of you, the most broken parts of you that you know need to be fixed, that you're even afraid to acknowledge are there. That's what I collected for, collected from it. And um, I mean, I was just sitting at my desk at work when I was when I was reading the scripture and then re- answering the question. But I mean, that's that's the that's the honest answer from me, and that was the honest answer from that guy in scripture. And I, you know, I th- like, I just think it's a big challenge to people to just say, how broken am I and how willing am I to admit that I'm broken? Uh, because I, I, I mean, I've heard so many stories in the past from people um, that uh, my, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Glenn, he was in a small group um, and uh, he had, you know, he was kind of like, he was kind of leading it and stuff and he was going around the room just asking, like, you know, how can, how can I pray for you? And he got to this one couple, and they're like, what do, you, what do you mean pray for me? My life's perfect. And he's like, okay, that, you know, that's cool. And ends up they, they were super offended by the fact that they might actually have a struggle in life. But uh, I'm sorry. Uh, everyone's struggling with something. I don't care what anyone says. And so it's just a very humbling, it's a very humbling thing to be able to admit that. Um and I've definitely been on a very humble journey lately. Uh, for those that don't know, I was in a pretty bad car accident about uh, a year and a half ago. A little bit more than that. Um, and the the person that my car made contact with, uh, both of our cars went into the ditch on I-80. We were just past the, I think it was the Oak Park Avenue overpass or underpass or something. Both of our cars ended up in the ditch. The, the other guy went to the hospital and stuff. And um, I went to a small group uh, with uh, New Day Church that... Uh, Pastor Justin Kane leads, and um, the dude that I made contact with was there. And um, I mean, this guy—I was pretty fortunate. I I wasn't hurt all that you know, all that bad. Super sore neck. Um, and this dude, um, 
He's had a couple surgeries. He's tr- he uh he's been off work for a while, and it was just a re- uh it's a very humbling experience in my life to be able to say uh yeah I was I was the guy who ran India. Sorry about that. You know, and uh, if I'm being honest, I'm still really uh beating myself up over it. But um I think that this is just one of those questions that Jesus poses to us. What do you want me to do for you? And it, it should be a very humbling experience of saying, God, this is where I'm the most broken. And uh, I, I just, it's beyond me. I can't, I can't do anything with it. And I need you. Um, you know, I, I think it's just a question. It, it's a question that's posed to just ask the question, um, how badly do you need me? I'm here, you know, he's God. He's there no matter what, but he just wants to know how, how badly do you want me in your life? And I think that that's kind of the underlying thing that I got from it. Yeah, it's really good. Can I ask you a question? Of course. So do you remember that accident? Uh, way too well. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, it possible? Is it possible for you to imagine where Jesus was during the accident? That's a that's a good question. I, I think I'd have to uh, ponder that and pray about it. I, I think you should, and I think you should ask, you know, where was Jesus during the accident? And then I want you to follow up once you kind of get a sense of that is to say, what what is he saying? What is he doing while that's happening? Yeah. And I think, like, that's, it's one thing, but I think you're doing it, man. I think that's, you know, the, the fact that something like that, I mean, we all have stuff like that, right. That bothers us that, you know, it's like, Oh man, we need that healing. We need that wholeness. We need that to happen. But, um, you know, the interesting thing about it is, is like, we need to allow Jesus in to our story to speak into it and to heal it. Um, and I don't know what that looks like, but I think that it could definitely be part of the journey that you could dive into, man. So, Appreciate you sharing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. So tell you this, he seems like a real nice, uh, real cool dude. Um, mm-hmm. very, very intelligent human being with the stuff that he was sharing about that he, uh, that he learned in scripture and everything. It was, uh, it's pretty incredible, but yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to ponder that and maybe, maybe we'll bring it up on a later podcast. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Um, well, dude, this has been good. This is only one of four. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the uh, two of four, but this is one of one of the four podcasts. Yes, yeah. one of the four podcasts. Yeah. second of the four. Correct. Emma, yes. thank you so much for being on. Yeah, time. <laughs> Take you up on that. We love having guests on. Yeah, totally. So, what, what should we go out on, man? Oh, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> what is that? One of the fancy words you said. Disequilibrium. Disequilibration. Disequilibrium. I said dissemination. I said praxis. I said season. (laughs) (laughs) What was the this disequilibration? Disequilibration. (laughs) It's a it's an interesting word. Yeah. So it's it's like it's like a spinning top that you just punt across a room because like you know the spinning top is going and then you're like no and then you just yeah. It's like when people find out that there's two creation stories in Genesis and they didn't know that. And they're like, ah! and, then there, and then there's another one in Job. Yeah, and then I just punt their With more down. detail. Yeah, it's great. It's fine. <laughs> That's what disequilibration right. is. Dis- di- <laughs> disequilibration.
liberation on three. Does equal liberation? <laughs> Say it slower. Dis. Yes. Equilibration. Yeah. Disequilibration. <laughs> All right, we're gonna say it on three. You good with that? AP. Might be I, I have no idea. Dog. Sure. Why? Let's go yeah. for it. So if, yeah. you, if you're rotating your tires right now. Yeah. Put don't one don't uh, make sure to put those jack stands underneath the car so that you can this do this one-handed. That's true. This is true. Yeah. All right. Let someone get in the car, put their foot on the brake, just in case you need a little bit more torque. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, wheel spins. That's not good. If you're about to fall asleep and get a good night's rest. Yes, hopefully. Right before you do, put a yes. hand in the middle with us. Yes. And for all the college students, I genuinely hope that you get a good night's sleep because it's, it's nothing better than that. <laughs> Maybe that could be one of our podcasts is just like me and you reading bedtime stories so that the, the, the little college days. students could go to sleep. That would actually be kind of fun. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm in. Count me in. All right. Sounds good. All right. So on three, disequilibration. <laughs> you did it. All right. Here we go. On one, three. One, one two, two, three. three. Disequilibration. <laughs>